Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, October 9th, we look at Lesson 2, Moses' History Lesson. Join us as we see how the details of Moses' life has huge implications for the Book of Deuteronomy. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we go. This is Lesson 2, Moses' History Lesson, and our memory text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, and it says, And they... And, and they all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. All right, so we're talking a little bit here about uh, getting the, the original history of Moses and uh, we're going to learn a little bit about the history, especially yeah. found there in Deuteronomy chapter mm-hmm. 1. And I like, again, the approach of the whole lesson. Again, you know, coming back with our bonus episode with Mascala, how Christ-centered is, yes. is just right throughout all of this. Even though we're talking about Moses, here's Christ that is that spiritual food right there in that wilderness experience. Yeah, and so I, I believe that brings us right to the beginning here, which is the ministry of Moses. So tell us a little bit about his ministry, Michael. Yeah, you know, if you can just imagine Moses growing up in Pharaoh's court, just this incredible opulence and incredible power and then has this conversion experience and eventually kills the dude and that ends up causing him to have to flee into the wilderness (laughs) and and god kind of teaches him and so he goes through this amazing experience and then the dramatic exodus out of egypt you know the red sea all of these things had to have been absolutely incredible so to kind of see all of those things to experience all of those things and then to see um, the children of Israel kind of going off in a totally different uh, direction had to have been just absolutely uh, heartbreaking for Moses. And it's so uh, that, that seems to be what's, what's going on here. Um, and uh, Moses uh, sees the golden calf mm-hmm. and all of this, what's going on there. And, 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 and so, yeah, I mean, the because the, our God's a God of relationships. And so this is really symbolic of them breaking that relationship, right? Yeah. And and so, yeah, so this is, this is what's going on here. Um, and so Moses has this dramatic moment where, uh, verse 30 of chapter 32, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin or... That word atonement or intercession, this idea of bringing some kind of reconciliation, and 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 this is one of the gotta be one of the most beautiful verses here because uh, it just shows the utter selflessness of of Moses. Yes, it does. As, as a leader, I mean, of all things, he would be fully justified in saying, you know, God, just zap them just now, destroy them now. <laughs> yeah. They they don't deserve you, right? Totally. He he, he had every reason to do that. And yet we see just the opposite. And I think this just represents, symbolizes great leadership uh, and and goes back to God and says, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have committed, they have made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin. And if not, then blot me out of the Mm. book you have written. Mm. In other words, he had such love for them that he would rather lose his eternal salvation if that's what it took in order to somehow 
uh, save and intercede on their behalf. And I think that's just got to be one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture, uh, personifying the love of God and the whole plan of salvation, because that's what God's doing for us, you know. Uh, and here Moses kind of, he gets it. Yes. He gets it and, and sees just um, everything else. And if we think about it, I mean, if we really are honest and look in our lives, say, wow, God, I haven't really acknowledged your goodness to me. I mean, I, I should have died <laughs> here and I didn't and this bad thing should have happened to me. And of course, yeah, I've had my sh- fair share of bad things happen too. But, but really, if, if I really got everything that I was deserving... Uh, of you know uh, it would it would really be bad and yet, <laughs> yet God in his mercy intercedes on our behalf yes. and doesn't give us what we deserve so uh shout out to uh, Shanda Nunes yeah uh, she uh, put a post up and talked about the difference between religion and the gospel. Religion says, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. Oh, right. Oh, I saw this. Yes, yeah, but, yeah. But the gospel says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Wow. And that's... That's, that's that relational thing. Yes, it is, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know him, you're afraid he's going to zap you with a lightning bolt. But if when exactly. you know him, and you know that he truly is a God of love, yeah. you call him up and he's there, right? Oh, I so love that. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of reminded me, Michael, when you're talking about Moses standing in the gap. And, and, and one of the reasons why God called Moses was for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't call him because he's eloquent, obviously, nope. right? Yeah. He called him because right. of the love he had in his heart for, for his people, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and hopefully we have the same thing in our hearts. You know, it's interesting. We just had some of our uh, conference presidents that came yes. over to talk with some of our theology majors. And one of the things that they talked about... Um, just a shout out to Elder Shires in Oklahoma and Elder Chacon in Texaco. But but what really spoke to my heart uh, last night as they were sharing about ministries, you have to be authentic in your own skin. You know, mm. you can't be like somebody else and everything else. And and uh, true leadership doesn't mean you have all these super talents, right? No. Because um, no person has all those talents. I and, wish. And, but, <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and, and yet we realize and we start to see and say, you know, God works us with, with us where we're at mm-hmm. if we're willing to be used. And and that just encouraged me as, as just a religious prophet. We had some funny stories and everything <laughs> else. But um, he, he, yeah, he, he equips the called, right? Doesn't yeah. call the equipped. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's doing with Moses is he's looking for a servant leader's heart. He's not looking for the mm-hmm. most talented person. Of course, God wants to use our talents. Yes, Don't get he me wrong, yeah. but but He just wants to use those who are willing and and uh, that that ability to have empathy to the point where someone's willing to risk their own eternal salvation if mm. necessary for beautiful. the good of others. Just beautiful. summarizes the gospel in such a beautiful way. So um, let's move on to Monday. Uh, Fulfill prophecy. What's yeah. happening here, Buster? I'd love to. Uh, it's broke. Uh, Breaking us into Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse uh, 1 through 6. And I won't read everything there, but listen to this, especially verse 3. It says, Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all the Lord has commanded, uh, 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 all the Lord of, uh, all that the Lord ha- had given him as commandments to them. And it talks about them actually moving into the promised land, right? And it was this it was this beautiful moment where uh, we realized that God, what God says he's going to do, he actually does. Uh, so when the children of Israel messed up, right, uh, they did not receive the uh, the count of the spies, right? Yeah, uh, very well, they didn't mm-hmm. take it very well. Yeah, they said, oh, there's 
there's the uh, 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 Anakim, right? Mm-hmm. There's these giants of the land, and yes, it has a land flowing with milk and honey, but but how are we going to defeat all of our enemies? And they all start wailing and weeping and crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God saying, "Hey, remember that Red Sea thing? Remember mm-hmm. the 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 plagues? All this good thing? How dare you not trust me? Because of that, yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, forty years before you actually go in. And this generation that's here now, you will die off, but your children will actually get a chance to go in. Wow! So it's significant here mm-hmm. that now, after forty years, they're actually beginning the process of moving in." Uh, and it, it asks us uh, another question. It says, what can we see that the Lord faithfully fulfilled these past prophecies just as predicted? And why should this give us the confidence that we should trust him on these things? Yeah. You know, just as God fulfilled his word back then, he still fulfills his word now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He fulfilled it with everything about the coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many Old Testament prophecies are there? I think there's yeah. uh, someone counted 314 different uh, messianic prophecies That's that amazing. were fulfilled, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even now, the mm. prophecies that God mm-hmm. said that would come to fruition, they yeah. actually come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not just talking about Daniel chapter 2, all right? Yeah. I'm talking about in our own lives, yeah. uh, the biblical mm-hmm. promises that God yeah. promises, the mm-hmm. conditional promises he gives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still adheres to those. Uh, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and mm-hmm. turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Yeah. There's a promise that still God still keeps, that he's waiting for us to repent, turn back to, from our wicked ways, and mm-hmm. turn back to him, pray and seek his face. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully it gives us confidence that we can always trust God. And, and so, Michael, I'm going to move us right into Tuesday's lesson, which is, a thousand times more numerous. What in the world is this? <laughs> okay. Well, Deuteronomy, as we'll probably recall from the intro to the lesson, is is written right at the end of Moses' life. So it's kind of after this time's gone, the you know, this the space of time that had to be fulfilled and, and the as you were pointing out, Buster, you know, those that generation had to kind of pass away. Uh, but now there's this kind of fresh renewal of the covenant. And um, and there's this reminder that God has increased your numbers so that you're as numerous as the stars in the sky. So this promise to Abraham all the way back there, hey, this is going to be fulfilled. It's happening. It's happening, you know? Yes, and, sir. And uh, so, yeah, so we see that. Um, and it says it will increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. So God's word is faithful. He's promised. He's faithful. He's going to make things happen that need to happen here. And that's just so... That's just so beautiful, beautiful promise here. And then um, we see in verses 12 through uh, 17, uh, verses 12 through 17, how can I bear your problems and your burdens and complaints? And and here we have kind of another leadership principle. Not only do you have this empathy and uh, servant leadership and willing to sacrifice oneself for the good of others, but now you see this other um, challenges as the children of Israel have grown so large is how does leadership work? And mm. this is kind of your wheelhouse, Buster, you know, with your, <laughs> your, your research and your dissertation you're working on with servant uh, leadership and healthy churches and all of that. Um, but what I like there is, is he begins to look and says um, uh, uh, that, that to find those who are heads of tribes wise and knowledgeable men and make them heads over you, leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, tens, and officers for your tribes. And and I like that. It's just so beautiful because it's it's delegating and realizing that you can't do everything yourself. Yes. 
And really, the best leaders are not the ones that control everything. In fact, they're willing to let go of control yes. and empower others. It doesn't mean they're not paying attention, but it means that they're willing to delegate. And that sometimes that can be really hard to do uh, for, for anybody. Yes. Uh, but within the Christian church, within Scripture, we find a model of leadership that says um, it's okay to delegate. Yeah, and you see a... A mode of equality. I was just uh, yeah. finished uh, an exegesis paper of Romans mm-hmm. chapter twelve of mm. not to think more soberly of yourself than you ought to think, right? Of Mercy. of recognizing that we all have different gifts. Yeah. And a part of that is that your gifts matter just as much as mine. Doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. Uh, and sharing that, sharing that responsibility mm-hmm. with one another. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Kadesh Barnea uh, Wednesday's lesson here. This this kind of. Uh, Kind of a setback, I guess. Yeah, it, it is. And we see what, what happens here. Uh, it asks us to read all of Numbers 14. And I, I, I will, for your benefit, not read all that. But I will Im- implore you, please go back and read it yourself. But I have to read just portions of it. As you go back, you see that the the people are actually rebelling here. Mm-hmm. And as they're rebelling, uh, I, I highlighted some things in my uh, own personal uh, devotional time uh, previously. And it says, uh, verse 8, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring to us a land that will give us uh, to us a land which flows of milk and honey. And this is uh, Joshua and Caleb. They're saying, uh-huh. hey, uh-huh. there's actually some good in this, uh-huh. right? And then we see the other spies, the other 10 spies that say, yeah. no, 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 it's, it's all bad. Like, we have to be careful and everything else. And as a result of that, we have to, we have to realize that that is why God said, okay, those 10 spies, you're definitely not getting in. The rest of the people are not getting in. But Joshua and Caleb, mm. you guys will make it. As a matter of yeah. fact, you see a beautiful story that happens with Caleb where his uh, his daughter is the one actually inherits the land, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, eventually it takes over. Uh, so it's beautiful to see this, that in the midst of a world that can sometimes be so negative, yeah, yeah, we can still choose to trust God, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you're like, maybe you're in a church, right? I was just talking to those same conference presidents, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, presidents and sometimes you have churches that... Mm-hmm. That are just toxic. Yeah. But in the midst of that toxicity, yeah. you don't have to allow it to permeate your heart. Yeah. You can choose to still emit light. And if mm-hmm. it's so bad, yeah. sometimes you have the dust off your sandals and keep moving on, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I say say that with as much compassion and empathy as possible. Because yeah. I'm not telling you just keep church hopping. What I'm saying is find a place that loves Jesus, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids, right? Michael, yeah. I think you can agree with me here. Totally where your kids will grow up and they'll experience the love of Christ, not only in you, not only in the church, but also through the individuals that are in that church. Through that faith community. I love that. Yes. Uh, It says, uh, uh, 14, 11 to 20, though we see Moses again in the role of intercessor, intercessor, what is significant about his line of reasoning with the Lord regarding why the Lord should not destroy the people? And and this is is where it becomes uh, really amazing. Uh, Verse 19, pardon Mm -hmm. the iniquity of this people, I pray, according Mm -hmm. to your greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Mm -hmm. And verse 20, my favorite, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Wow. Right? Simply asking for God to pardon the people, right? I know sometimes we want to see justice, Mm -hmm. but sometimes justice is mercy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, they, They go hand in hand. 
And I know sometimes we want to pray against our enemies, but we need to pray for our enemies, not yeah. against them. Yeah. Uh, asking God to open up their hearts, to pardon them, to, mm -hmm. to show them the correct way. Mm -hmm. And people will oftentimes come through and repent as mm -hmm. a result of it. And even if they don't, we shouldn't be happy that they don't. We should be heartbroken that yeah. they don't. Absolutely. Uh, back so, to Moses, right? Yes. Go yeah. back to, yeah. Same, same thing. And so hopefully we, we keep a heart of, of, of flesh and mm -hmm. not of stone even when we've been done wrong. Mm. And I say that wholeheartedly because yeah. we probably all have stories. Uh, we, I'm going through this uh, assignment right now, Michael, and Lauren and I, we took out some time to cry together because mm. some of the stories are so sad of wow. how they view our church. Wow. And our church can be so mean. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes you can have a hundred positive experiences, but sometimes it's that one that really pushes you out the door. Yeah. And we have so many of our young people that are out of the door. Yeah. Uh, that never really given God a chance mm -hmm. because the church represented God and the church did not necessarily represent him well. But I do have this caveat as well. We have those who love God and love uh, his people mm -hmm. because they have, they served in churches where the people loved on them. So love it. if you're loving, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not, become loving, please. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I know it's easier said than done, but seriously, mm -hmm. have empathy in your heart, have forgiveness in your heart, mm. spend time with Jesus every day, and mm -hmm. you will become loving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, tell us about the iniquity of the Amorite. Okay, so this has got to be one of those just like conundrums in the Bible that a lot of people wrestle over because the children of Israel, and they finally kind of get their act together, if you please, you know, yes. they finally head into the promised land. And they destroy the peoples that are there. I mean, mm. it's, it's, um, so some people have kind of suggested, you know, is God approving of genocide? Is God Oof. just, you know, is God a God that's just out there for destruction? And Ouch. So some people have kind of taken this to, to kind of depict a, a vengeful God that, you know, you don't follow, you know, he's just a thunderbolt ready to, to take you out. And, and so this is sometimes their evidence for this is, well, look, you know, Israel, God promised them this land and, and he destroyed them. Yeah. Uh, but there's more than one way to look at this. Uh, one thing is a very, I think, surface or cursory looking at the destruction of uh, of these peoples, like including the Amorites as God's people go through. And of course, those you have to also keep in mind that the success of Israel is still contingent um, on their being faithful to him. So God was not going to give them anything or help them get the victory if they weren't faithful. So that's one point I, w I want to, to make. But, but probably the more important point that I think a lot of people overlook or gloss is that God and knowledge of the of the true God had been exposed to these people for hundreds of years before that? True. Well, they're what four hundred years in 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 Egypt or whatever. Um, before that, who was there? Hmm. Well, Abraham and his descendants had been there uh, in the Canaan land in that area, and and, and Lot and 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 so on. All those stories, those were stories that weren't just about the their foibles and their own challenges but but god had put them there to be a leavening influence of good and hope and love and grace to these people um and eventually god takes them out of there they're in exile <laughs> um they're removed from that but they had been exposed there have been generations and so another way to look at it is that god had been trying to redeem and save these people all all the way along yeah but they instead had only grown more and more increasingly wicked and god had grown at the same time had been incredibly patient 
um, allowing more time, more evidence of, of what these people were doing. And, and of course, the lesson makes the point that they had been an exceedingly wicked, you know. Yes. Um, my kids are, are doing PBE, so they're doing First Kings, you know. Mm. And, 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 and as, um, you know, God's people kind of, uh, some kings follow God and they're faithful and then others don't. But it talks about these uh, different groups that, that are these abominations, right? Yes. Well, what are those abominations? Well, ch- child sacrifice, human sacrifices, these kinds of things. These are the things that were becoming commonplace within these ancient peoples in the Canaan land. So we talk about exceedingly wicked. Um, I think sometimes people are exposed to the truth and then their hearts are hardened. And it's not just wicked. They go ex- become exceedingly wicked because they're like fighting in the opposite direction, running away from God. That's kind of what happened in Canaan is this just kind of um, and and so there comes a day of reckoning there's a day of judgment um, so it's not God just coming in gangbusters and they had had no warning there had been a long history of God trying to work with these people and yet they had rejected God uh, and and so uh, that that judgment day came so there's a more redemptive way um, that's what I'm appealing to 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 understand this otherwise it seems like how how is this yeah. consistent with scripture? You know, you're just saying God's a loving God, but sure does that sure doesn't sound very loving. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I and yeah. it's a good uh, question to ask, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, one thing is, as I was going through congruently with scripture, just recognizing that even though it's a temporal judgments made, we have no idea what the eternal judgments were for the individuals. Exactly. And that's one of the ways that I've been able to to just be able to say, hey, you know what? There's some there's places where. Uh, natural disasters, right, come about yeah. and wipes out entire cities. And I'm like, I'm praying, right? Like, because we have no idea what decisions those people made, nope. even though that temporal thing happened. Exactly. And we're, and God is more concerned with the eternal. Yeah. And, and think of, think of Rahab. Once they start going back in, there are people still, yes. even in the midst of that, that God saves, that true, choose to be and say, hey, actually, I want to be with them. I mean, from the, from the, from her lineage came Christ, yeah, right? Exactly. Mitchell and Matthew. So uh, amazing, you know, yes. it's this, this heathen, pagan, whatever you want to call it, woman, yes, you know, yes. but actually uh, becomes part of God's redemption story. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry, you're going to No, say no, it. no, no. That's, that's uh, <laughs> thank, thank you for adding that, Michael, because I, in other words, wrestle with the idea, but also trust God. Yeah. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. and if, don't just listen to what people say about God. Get to know him yourself and you realize, man, he truly is love. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, is there anything else you, you had in mind? You know, I, I think we're off to a good start with this, you know, is just remembering. Um, and I think sometimes it's easy to look back at people like Moses and say, wow, put them up on a pedestal. But but they were just real human beings that God was, uh, w- were willing to be used. God did so, uh, made some mistakes. Moses doesn't go in the promised land. But even then, God has something better for him, right? Yeah. The... You, you know, that's what it reminded me of last mm. week when we talked to, we talked with Dr. Mascala. Yeah. That Moses wrote this book knowing that he wasn't going to be allowed in. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he still had a love and a vigor for God mm-hmm. and a, repent, a repenting heart, even yeah. though he was suffering through consequences. Yeah. And I, and I share that because uh, uh, I was so proud of a student that spoke today because last year he took my class and didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. And so he had to retake the class. And, and as he's preaching today, wow. it's just, you know, he said, I'm still in the midst of struggling with different things, but, wow. but I, I, he's like, he's like, I want to grow from it. And I said, mm. you know how you grow from things? Every day, just surrender and submit to the will of God. Mm. Open up your word, pray, 
and he is the one that can actually change us. God is the one that can change us. Yeah. And so instead of putting um, uh, Moses up on a pedestal, Michael, yeah. you're exactly right. He's someone who trusted God. Yeah. And trust, uh, uh, what we can't put on the pedestal yeah. is is how he got there, right? Right. He got there on his knees and, and adhering to the word of God. So let's do the same. Absolutely. Well, on that lovely note, let's uh, we'll put a wrap for this week. This is Sue. And Swoops, signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.